At 9.30, they're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, glad you're here. 11 o'clock is like, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, that's because y'all had donuts and they got up too late. So speaking of which, did y'all see how much cereal's already come in today? I mean, there are enough lucky charms over there. I mean, we are going to jack those kids up so badly on sugar. I mean, I am so glad they're not coming home to my house. But you know, you, how many of you love Lucky Charms? Seriously, go ahead and fess up. You know why you do? Because they're magically delicious. I just wanted you to know that because you may have forgotten it in your old age. Hey, uh, we started last week a series called A King, A Priest, and A Kingdom. Uh, can you believe how many backpacks are up here? I think when it's all said and done, we got like 500. Yeah. So, uh, these, uh, thanks to Rex Hayes, these are going to make their way this afternoon headed toward McAllen, Texas. And I don't know if you know where McAllen, Texas is, but when you get there, you're an eighth of a mile from nowhere. And uh, I mean, you got to intentionally want to go to McAllen, Texas. Uh, so this, uh, this Friday and Saturday, I'll be there. On Friday, we'll be uh, getting a, a ton of these into the hands of uh, unaccompanied children that are on the Mexican side of the border, okay? And then the next day on Saturday, about a third of these will go then to uh, Border Patrol agents' families. And it's just some of the coolest work. Uh, I was in El Paso again this past week, and uh, it was, it was I, naturally, I, I knew I was going before the shootings, uh, but I was, in a, uh, I was in a hospital room on, uh, I guess it was Tuesday evening, and uh, had a dad that had tried to shelter his uh, nine-year-old daughter and his wife from this maniac that, that was shooting up the place. And um, this guy had got shot a few times. One of them went through him and into his wife and blew her right thumb off. And then the other one made it to his nine-year-old daughter and it kind of went through her left leg and it shattered in her left leg. They couldn't get all of everything out because of something. And um, it was just one of those providential times where they, uh, this family's from Chihuahua, Mexico. So they had traveled four miles, I mean, uh, four hours to visit family that lives in Juarez and then cross the border to do some shopping at Walmart and never imagined that uh, when they got there, they'd get shot. And so uh, it was such a divine appointment. The Lord allowed me to be uh, in that hospital room praying over the dad, Mario, and then to the next room and pray for his wife and then for the, his little nine-year-old girl. And I got news yesterday that was the first time that Mario had woken up uh, yesterday. And I want to tell you, thank you for the many of you who've been praying for this family. They are, uh, it's, it's very cool to see the Lord at work. And... Um, there, there may be some of you, many of you have sent notes and said, I want to know how can I help that family in particular. You know, the easiest way is just send me a note uh, so that I can make sure that 100% of it goes directly to the family. And uh, you can just send me a note at chuck at sugarhillchurch.com. If you're wondering how to send an email to anybody here, first name at sugarhillchurch.com. And uh, you'll let me know. We'll, I'll tell you the easiest way to get that money straight to those folks. Thanks for that. But in this uh, second series... A king, a priest, and a kingdom. I want to kind of set the tone again because like many of you are like every other week church folks, and then many of you are here like once a month. And so I don't want you to miss kind of the background of this. The, the series starts with a king, and 
what, what we are trying to make sure we understand is that that king is Lord Jesus. That is the son of the living God. That's the king that we're here to serve. On the other bookend, it is his kingdom that we're serving. It's in the middle where we get in trouble, where it's the priest. And who is that priest? And the teaching is about the fact that you, if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a Jesus follower Christian, if you have come to a faith in Christ, you're a priest. You're a priest. God has called you, equipped you, and ordained you to be a priest. Now, I know many folks would say, you know, Chuck, there's a difference and a distance between guys who do what you do in a pastorate and what I do as a person that attends Sugar Hill Church. But honestly, it's not designed to be that way. It's not designed to be in a way where I do ministry work and you attend church. God's design was that all those who would choose to follow Jesus, you take on him directing us that we're to be priests. But being a priest has, a, has an interesting perspective to it because you have a very specific role. You say, well, Chuck, I signed up for Jesus, but I didn't sign up for being a priest. Well, that's because you don't have a choice. Because Jesus says, when I've come and I've given you my life and I offer you forgiveness of your sin and I offer you a home in heaven, what comes with that is that I've called for you to be a priest. I'm the king, it's in my kingdom, and you do the work of the priest inside of my kingdom. Well, let me remind you a few things about what the role of a priest is. You're prepared to prepare the church. Now, the, the, the Old Testament text would have said that you're prepared to prepare the tabernacle. Your job would be to prepare the tabernacle for people to come and meet with God. Now, in that day, it would have been massive tents, and those massive tents, in the very center of it, there was the Ark of the Covenant. And it was believed in that day, and it was, it was taught throughout Scripture that inside that Ark, that is what was representative of the presence of God. And so any time that you came to the tabernacle, you came to worship the center of that tabernacle, which is God. Now, the picture of that is, if you put it in today's terms, that you and I, as followers of Jesus, we are to help prepare the tabernacle. And you say, well, Chuck, this is Sugar Hill Church, not Sugar Hill Tabernacle. Well, honestly, it's the same thing because Jesus is at the center of this church. The presence of God is at the center of this church. And so we are to prepare God's house for people to come meet him in God's house. But secondly, we're to carry the peace and the power and the presence of God outside the church. You see, many of us believe what we do is we do our priestly duty by we coming to church and we sit for one hour and then we do it all over again either next week or in a few weeks. And yet Jesus is saying, your job as a believer is not just prepare this place for, for others to meet God and for you to meet God, but you're to leave here carrying the Ark of the Covenant, if you will, or carrying the presence and power of God as you leave. You see, a church that stays inside its four walls has already chosen, voted, and adopted that they're going to be a country club. Because if you choose to only come stay inside these four walls, then it becomes a matter about, about our rights and our privileges. When you insert rights and privileges instead of mercy and grace, you become a dead church. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of dead churches. 
I don't want to do church in a dead state. I want to come to a church where I get to see people like that baptized over and over again. I can't let it become old to me. I can't wait to see these backpacks handed out in the name of Christ because of a church came alive. I cannot wait to see all that the Lord does because he has led us and he is the reason for which we come here. He's the reason for which we take him out there. All right? Now, third is where things get a little interesting because we have a role as a priest not only to prepare the tabernacle for people to meet God here, not just to take the presence of God out there, but we are to ensure what we are more so than what we do. You see, God cares about this so deeply that you and I, he cares far, far more about the measure of our heart than he does the activity that we do. Because any activity we do, do, no matter how good it may be, not done out of the motive of the fact that God himself is stirring our heart up to act on that is just, it doesn't matter. If the, if the box of Lucky Charms that you brought you brought to put a check mark next to it rather than a heart full of using that as a way to worship the Lord, you miss the whole point. If you pack backpacks and you brought them here just because you wanted to be a good Samaritan, that's wonderful. It really is. It's awesome. But you're going to miss the blessing of having done this because your heart was full of God. Are you with me? Okay, then you got to start talking back to me. All right. I had a couple of new families at 930 that didn't realize that this is a church that doesn't do that. And all through 9.30, they, I heard things like this. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. And you know what I thought to myself? I love those people. So I'm just going to invite, matter of fact, let's practice this. On this one, I want to just say the word right with like, Let's just say, say, Jesus loves you. See how easy that is? It's like, Jesus died for you. So let me just try another one. Let's go with just simply, uh-huh. Let's go with that and practice that. Yeah, so watch this now. You've been called to be priests by the high priest, Jesus himself. Is that not fun? I mean, do y'all not realize that that's cool around here, right? I mean, that, okay, I will have to tell you this. I'm so off subject right now. I, I did an interim pastorate at a church that's, I'm not going to tell you the name of it. It's not far from here, but they are really uptight. I mean, like really uptight. And so, you know, that when you have the big voice that does the special at the offering, but everybody sits down, they don't sing with it. You with me? I mean, I mean, this gal is wailing, man. I mean, it is good. I've already heard the, the bells and the orchestra and the choir. And when this gal stood up, I mean, she was ripping it, man. She was going after it, you know. And I got done. And I said, bless the Lord. And I started clapping. Not one soul went with me. <laughs> and I told them to practice it. Still wouldn't work. Like, I just said, let's practice it. What'd you do? Right. Like, let's practice it. Uh-huh. I was at that church. I was like, come on, give the Lord. And I realized the dude that was the pastor right before I got there told them, don't do that, that this is a sanctuary. It's a reverent sanctuary. I thought, no, it's not. It is a place of death. Because listen to me. The Lord loves it when we offer our praise to him, not to a pastor, to a musician, to a song, to a style, or to a preference. He loves his kids to get excited about him. That's what we do. God intended 
every Christian to be a priest. But Chuck, that was the people of Israel. That's the Old Testament speaking. He's talking about those folks. No, friend, listen. If you're a born-again follower of Jesus, the son of the living God, he's talking about you. So let me take you back to a text we used last week in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Now, there's a definition. One, you're his. Two, you've designed to be holy. And three, you have been told that you are a priest. And this is God that's speaking this word into our life today that says, I am his. He has designed me in him to be holy. And if I do that, then I'll carry out my role as a priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, meaning none of that can happen apart from Jesus the Lord, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Now watch this. It doesn't say pleases the church and God. Notice it doesn't say it pleases a preacher and God. Notice it doesn't say it pleases a denomination and God. It simply says that we are, through Jesus Christ, to offer spiritual sacrifices that please who? Yeah, so this is what we do. And as the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Peter is talking about you. You have been chosen, and this is a great honor. If you skip down to verse 9, it says, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you've had identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. This is a big deal. This is a big deal about your life on Sunday. This is a big deal about your life Monday through Saturday. And the biggest deal about it is this. Who are you? This is like the first day of school and you forgot the school's mascot. And the teacher said, who are we? And the answer was, ah. Was, I know I don't sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, right? I'm, I got that, right? Let's try it again. But you are what? Lord be with these dear people. All right. But listen, I want you to know that in Numbers chapter 6, a priest had the role also, also of extending blessing. Now, listen to what God is telling Moses on top of the mountain in Numbers chapter 6, verse 23. It, it says this, tell Aaron, Moses' brother, and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. That's a great part of being a priest, but it's filled with the who you are more so than the what you do. And who are you? That's right. The message paraphrases that this way. God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. What a difference the world would be like if we were to all be a part of giving and receiving these blessings rather than criticisms. How different the world might be if we were to offer solutions, not just complaints. How beautiful the world might be if we didn't try to choose right 
or left, but we simply chose Jesus. How wonderful would the world be if we decided that the one thing that mattered most in our life was that we wanted a hole torn open in our roof and the blessings of God pour down on us out of one thing, one reason, one purpose only, that we have come to be obediently in love with our Creator. And when we do, and God shows up in a big way in our life, that we might recognize we're not here to worship the music, the song, the preference, the preacher, the denomination, or anything else. We've come simply because we love God. You know what would happen to our nation? We would radically change. And I don't know about you, but honestly, I cannot take the news. I've stopped watching the news. It drives me bat crazy. And you say, well, I watch Fox News and it's, come on. I mean, everybody's whacked out to some kind of extreme, aren't they? And I think Jesus comes along and says, but I've always offered you a better way. I've always offered you a better way. What would happen if this were to happen? You know what would happen? We would see the presence of God again in the churches across America. Did y'all know that 95% of Southern Baptist churches across the country, 95% of the Southern Baptist churches across the country will baptize five or less people in the entire year of 2019, all right? You, you baptized more this morning I think we had a total of 18 in our two services. You baptized more this morning than 95% of the churches will in two years. Now you say, how does that happen? Watch this. You say, how does that happen? All right, listen. The only way it happens is the hand of God being on a church. The only way it happens is when we point everybody, not to me, not to Bobby, not to Zach, not to Tripp, not to anything, but God himself. If you want God's hand on your church, then you offer up your church to the creator. If you want your home to have the blessing of God, you offer up everything you have before the presence of God and you receive his power. If we were to be a blessing and share blessings, this would be a far better place, wouldn't it? But now watch this. You can't share something that you don't own. You can't give something away that you don't know about. You know, I, I was with a guy the other day, and uh, I was talking with him about doing some work for the church, and, uh, and he started going off about everything at the border and the southern border and what's going on and blah, 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 blah. I mean, he was at it. You know, have y'all been around those people that just like, it just will not hush? It's just like, it's like, like a like a mosquito around your ear at night, you know? And I kind of started hearing it that way. And uh, I looked at him, I said, bro, have you ever been there? No, I don't have to. I said, well, yeah, you do. I said, about 90% of what you're assuming is not true. He said, well, how would you know? I said, well, I've been there twice so far. I've been to five different border places. I think I've seen it up close. And he was like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Listen to the words of Jesus as Matthew wrote them because this is how we're to experience it. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Most of us know that as the Great Commission. 
or simpler, let me, let me put it into Sugar Hill words, go and bless everyone in the world by energizing their faith. Make meeting places between God and the people and then teach them to minister to God, not man, and bring the presence of God among the folks. And then when that happens, they might learn more of him and fall more deeply in love with him so that they might lead others. You say, well, Chuck, I'm, I'm, I'm not actively doing that. Then you surrendered your call to be a priest and you're missing the very blessing of God by doing so. You say, but Chuck, I, I can't just walk up to people and talk to people like you do. I mean, I, I, that's why we pay you. Okay, watch this. You don't pay me to do your job for you. you. You pay me to ensure that our church stays focused on the Lord Jesus and not on me or anybody else. But listen to me. Don't surrender the blessing he wants to give you because you say, I don't do that. What, are the, what is it that we witness today in all these baptisms? We witness the blessing of God that the Lord set forth some pretty awesome processes. Make disciples. How does that happen? When you introduce somebody to the king and they get to join his kingdom because you took your priestly responsibility so seriously that you were able to say to somebody, hey man, listen, I want to tell you about what Jesus did in my life. You say, Chuck, I don't have a story. You, you have stories. No, I just have experiences, and so do you. And I'll promise you, if you'll take one step into the river that's going to trust God that I'm going to tell people something openly about the goodness of God, he will part the waters and let you walk across. And you can walk across victoriously. But you say, Chuck, I just don't think I can do it. It's not on you. Leave it to him. Let him do that. I was sitting a few weeks ago in a meeting talking about how we could help these families on the Mexican side of the border. And honestly, I'm sitting there in this meeting and I have no idea what to say. I don't even know why I'm there. And finally, this, this gal from Health and Human Services looks over and she says, well, pastor, what do you think? I was kind of like y'all were trying to figure out, like, you know, talking back to the preacher thing, right? It was like, nah. And then I said, why don't we do this? Why don't we ask this group that we partner with, Care Portal, and what if churches all over America could take the short-term adoption of these families, these unaccompanied children, and they could help provide those needs, and then they might could become the place in which those people could move to when they get placed in America, and we could learn to love on them and let their transition be such that they would know the people of God love them. And she said, well, I think you're making a big assumption. And I thought, well, I knew I shouldn't have said anything. She said, I think you're making the assumption that the people of God want these folks. Now, I'm just going to leave that hanging right there. Okay? I'm just going to leave it hanging right there. Because, listen, I get it. This is, this is a highly polarizing discussion. I finally got my first death threat over it. Now, listen to me, y'all. I don't give a hoot about who's in office. I don't give a hoot whether you hate him, like him, or just wish somebody take Twitter away. All right? I don't care. Honestly, I, I believe that the Lord has me doing something to love people there, period. And I don't give a hoot about the rest of it. Because if you'll go love people in the name of Jesus, he'll do everything you need to do. 
Last week, we put that plan in place, signed off by the State Department, Health and Human Services, signed off, and they're writing a new plan for us. And at the end of the day, all that got done because one guy in our church wrote a check because he called me and said, how can I help? And I said, well, that's how you can help because that's, that's how I think we can fix a lot of problems. It'll be done October 1 and put in place. And many of you can do that. And churches all over America will have the opportunity to do that. And then you can decide, you know what? I don't want those folks here. Don't participate then. But now if you do choose to participate, remember, the Bible gives us pretty clear instructions on how to love folks. And all I want to remind us is he didn't put a qualifier on loving folks. He just said to love folks. Make disciples. Trust the Lord to give you a story. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God our creator and sustainer, God the Son, Jesus our forgiver, and God the Holy Spirit, the gift that Jesus gives us to live within our life, and then teach them all these things that God has taught us. That's the priest's role in Matthew 28. He's given us to who we're to be. And once again, what are you? What are you? Come on, what are you? You doggone right you are. And we ought to claim that mantle and get out of here and leave this church with a determination that we're going to bring the presence and the power of God to our conversation, to our job site, everywhere we go. But fellow priests, to share the blessings of the Lord, you have to know the blessing of the Lord firsthand. You got it. I know what's happening at the southern border because I've been there. And I know the blessing of the Lord because I'm a recipient of it. If you say, Chuck, but I, I've never had that kind of blessing, let me introduce you to Jesus. Let me introduce you that he died on an old rugged cross to pay for our sins, was buried in a cold, dead tomb, and three days later pushed the rock aside and walked out alive. And 40 days later, he went to heaven to sit by his father, and he's creating a home in heaven for all those who would believe. And if you want that, all you got to say is, Jesus, I'm calling on your name, and he will answer you, and he will grant you that, and he will give you peace, power, and direction, and you can go live with the blessing of what it is to be his priest. Come on. But listen, you don't stop there. It's, it, I, I served in a church one time that the only thing that was measured as healthy by, was by how many people you baptized. Could I just stop and say to you, baptism isn't about your membership. Baptism is about your obedience. Baptism isn't a statistic to brag about. Baptism is something that ought to happen when you fall in love with Jesus. Baptism ought to happen because of the overflow of your heart, not because you want to join a country club. And then to teach all those things. Listen, you can't teach it if you don't know it. And if you don't know it, we give you three ways to get engaged in it. Weekday podcast, five minutes a day, a cup of encouragement straight from, straight from Scripture. Me, Bobby, Rhonda, every day, Monday through Friday, get an encouragement from Scripture. Secondly, you got to pray. If you're like me, everything I got taught to pray as a kid was one way. God do this, God do that, God would you, God, that's all I ever learned. What I now know is this, I was missing the blessing of hushing up and listening to God. And I just want to walk you Monday through Friday on, on this five or six min, minute journey to hear a word of encouragement and then walk you through the process of guided meditative prayer. Now, if you say, well, Chuck, meditation is not my thing, me either. All right, that's not my deal. But if you're interested in knowing how to pray where you can hush and hear from God, join me. And then what Bobby was talking about with that brochure, get in a group, 
Getting a group on Sunday morning, getting a group on Sunday night, getting a group sometime during the week. Guys, you want to grow up in Christ, you figure out how to be the man God wants you to be, join me. I think Randall has a group on Tuesday mornings. I got a group on Thursday mornings. We got groups for everybody. You say, Chuck, are you sure there's a group for me there? Well, if you're breathing, yeah. If not, you got a better group waiting on you. Well, let me see if I can wrap this up with four very quick statements. Number one, as a priest, we're to prepare the church as we're living tabernacles according to 1 Peter. You can do that by serving your church, but you do that by loving the Lord. Don't, don't answer the call of guilt. Answer the call of God. Secondly, we're to carry the presence of God wherever we go. We're to be constantly sharing the living hope of Jesus, the Son of God. We're to be worshipers. When we come here, we, we don't come here for a concert. We don't come here for a, for a program. We don't come here for a presentation. We don't come here to sing perfect notes or hit every cue. We're not here because we like how he preaches but don't like how he preaches. We're not here for book bags. We're, not, we're here for one thing, that our worship would tear a hole open in the middle of this building and we might cry out to God and he might bless us so richly that he overwhelms our soul. And we're to speak into this world a blessing that you can do this. You can love God with all your heart and your mind and your soul. And you can love others as you love yourself and you can do that because in Jesus you can do all things. But right now, I want to ask you quickly, do you want to take on this role? It's got the greatest benefit package in the world. I mean, when I die, my, my life insurance isn't going to count for Jack, for me, man. But I'm telling you, I'll, I'll live forever because of Jesus. Listen, I, we brought our backpacks this morning too. And you know what? As, as fun as that was, Man, we prayed over them that a, a little boy and a little girl in McAllen, Texas this weekend, I'm grateful I get to be there and share Jesus with all those families. Man, I can't speak a lick of Spanish. They've got some cat that's going to translate for me, and he talks so fast, I don't know if he's telling them what I'm saying. But just pray that those kids and those families know Jesus. Would you just say, I, Chuck, I want to commit to being a group. I'm going to commit to, to be a part of this meditative prayer and this guided encouragement. But before those matter, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? I mean, do, do you know Jesus so intimately and so wonderfully that you're confident in your role as being a priest to go and help prepare his church for people to meet God here and to pick the presence of God up that's alive and well in the Spirit of God and walk out here that your life counts for something bigger than you're going to a job. And if you do, then it's really as simple as this. Jesus, I am calling on your name. Would you step into my life and change it forever? Would you give me the promise of heaven? Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the dead for me. And I want to turn my life around and I want to live for you. And I don't want to make it easy for you, all If today you say, yeah, that's what I want. That's exactly what I need. That's exactly where I need to turn my life. 
then I'm going to ask you to just stand up wherever you're at. All it takes is the first courageous person to stand up. Anybody? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Come on. Anybody else? Amen. Then let me tell you all. Amen. Bless the Lord. Anybody else? Our high priest, the Lord Jesus, I promise he speaks over and into your life this one promise. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you can always know I will carry you through whatever you got going on. He has never failed me in 50 years, not once, and he never will. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, I want to thank you for all these folks that have found obedience and baptism so special in their life today. I want to thank you for folks who at 9.30, then here in the 11 o'clock service, chose you today. God, give them the encouragement to reach out and let us know when they're ready to follow you in believer's baptism. God, call out of each of us the reminder that we are priests, that we're to serve you through your church, that we're to serve you by carrying your presence to those that don't know you. And we are to extend blessing, not criticism. God, as we go, give us the courage to live more like you. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, our Lord. And now may you go today and I will allow the Lord to go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Allow the Lord to go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because that's what he does. And allow the Lord to come behind you. And when life is just beating the crud out of you, hop on his back and wrap your arms around those big, broad shoulders and let him carry you through the middle of whatever the junk is, not around it only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and look at you face to face and say, my child, say it with me, I love you. Hey, you bunch of priests, what are you? You doggone right you are. Go live in peace. <laughs>